Hey everyone, this is Pastor Dustin Turner, lead pastor of Vintage Church, and we are coming to you with our first conversation on race. With everything going on in our world, one of the things that we wanted to do is sit down and begin to have hopefully fruitful conversations on this very difficult topic that everybody in our country, everybody in our culture is talking about. And so uh, we're, you're going to see me and you're going to see Mark Anthony, our music arts director on these videos, and then you're going to see guests um, each uh, time that we have these videos with us. And so I want these guys to introduce themselves, kind of introduce Mark already, but you already know him, uh, and then give you a little bit about what these conversations are going to look like and ask the first question. So. Yes. So uh, I, I once again, um, I am Mark Anthony Thomas, music arts director here at Vintage Church, and I am excited to have my good friend here with me, Samuel Hendricks, local musician uh, as well as a student of theology at Xavier University. Awesome. So I wanted to read a passage um, from Romans 12, and for me. This passage, I think, sets the tone for like not just these conversations that we're going to have, but honestly, the way we should be having these conversations, just generally, whether whether we're in person, whether we're online. Uh, you know, when you're online, you feel like the rules are out the window for some reason, uh, but they're not. And so, I want to read this passage. It's Romans 12, starts in verse 9, and I think these should characterize um, the conversations that we have. This is what Paul says. He says, "Let love." Be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. And this is the last thing that Paul says. Verse 21, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so Paul says a lot of things there. But I think for me, as I process these conversations and just everything going on in our world, Everything that he says, that's how we should be gearing our conversations. You know, like letting love be genuine and real, uh, abhorring what is evil, trying to outdo one another in showing honor, uh, overcoming evil with good. And for me, I'll tell you, and, and Mark and I have had a lot of conversations about these. These conversations for me, in one sense, is to simply hopefully model what it looks like to talk about a difficult topic, right? It's no surprise that you have a white guy <laughs> talking with two black guys, right? But we should be able to dialogue about these things in a way that's constructive and in love. 
knowing that we're for one another, we're not against one another. And I know that's not true for everybody, but I want to model that. And then number two, for I'll tell you guys, Mark and I have talked about this. For me, this is an opportunity to learn. Um, no, There's no excuse, but at the end of the day, after all these things that have happened in our world, I recognize that I'm far more ignorant than I need to be. And so part of this is me hearing from you guys share not only your perspectives, but how you see things and helping me and hopefully everybody else watching these videos understand a different angle that they don't see. Um, so that's my hope and that's my goal. When, when Mark and I met last week and we began to talk about these videos, the first question that we felt like we had to address uh, is the question, what is race? Because that's kind of underlying all of these things. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of us, we're struggling to like understand that, right? Mm -hmm. Or we're just assuming that this is a race is a concept and an idea that's always, always been. And hopefully we're gonna see that that's not quite the case. And so that's really the first question. What is race? What is race? Well, uh, First, let's say thank you for having this conversation. Yeah. Um, it is quite difficult sometimes to have the conversation. We as African-Americans have conversation amongst each other all the time. But it's, it's a little different than when we have uh, diversity to our conversation. Sure. Mm -hmm. So appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, the question about race. Race is not a biblical construct. In the Bible, there is no race. There are tribes and there are nations. Race is really a construct uh, somewhere around maybe the 18th century uh, where it was used to uh, kind of uh, categorize people to one race to show dominance over the other. And so with that construct, it is giving uh, one race uh, privilege in order to dominate another race. And so I categorize society based on skin color. Yep. And so that gives one raise more power over the other. Mm -hmm. And, and right then, it, then it becomes more of culture because racism now is a learned, is a behavior, mm -hmm. it's a culture, it's a pattern, it's a custom. Um, and that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation because it is a difficult conversation to, to, to have. And with that, uh, Joy DeGruy, who has a book about post-traumatic uh, slave syndrome, suggests that the trauma from slavery can be passed down genetically. Hmm. And with that being said, racism too, I believe it's the same thing, can be passed down genetically. And that's why sometimes when you're behaving in a way or talking in a way that you don't say, well, why you took that wrong? Or Because that is, you don't realize it. Yeah. Just like sometimes from the, tra the trauma of slavery, with African-Americans, we act in a way sometimes we don't realize it. Mm -hmm. um, one, one thing in particular, a lot of us, you know, we kind of talk like this or we or we behave in certain ways that we really don't understand why we behave in certain ways. We are, we're very careful about certain things. Mm -hmm. We don't understand why we're that careful. But all of that is passed, passed mm -hmm. down. And so just like that can be passed down, that trauma, racism is passed down sure. too. And so it is this notion of I'm superior. Now, you might, you, you, you might, not, you, you, you might say, I, I love you. I love all people. Yep. But then there is 
something that's, that gives you an edge, mm-hmm. right? It gives you more of a, 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 a upper hand, if you will. Um, one case of point example just happened. Uh, white lady in Central Park. The, the black guy says, hey, watch out for your dog. And the only thing she had to do was say, I'm going to call the police mm-hmm. and had and tell them that you're messing with me. Now, that that's that's powerful. You know, that's powerful. Yep. But you know that you can do that, although that he hasn't done nothing to you. He hasn't said nothing out the way. Only thing you have to do is say, I call the police. And that's the culture that we have to come. Mm-hmm. That's the culture that we have to make some kind of systemic change. And um, I'll, I'll even take it back to, to the Holy Ghost. We have power to do that. The power of the Holy Ghost is, is a revolutionizing power. Mm-hmm. And it is not a discriminant power. It's among all people. In the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had finally come, fully come, then all people had access to the power of God yep. and had access to that revolution and to to make change. Uh, that power from on high, that dunamis power, right? Yep. And so we have that power, but what we what we're gonna do with it? How are we gonna influence that power? How are we gonna recognize those things that need to be changed and solved? And then realize that it is gonna take it's gonna take work, because you do not undo culture. Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't. You can't undo a learned behavior. Sometimes you're not even aware of it. Yep. Well, your yeah. comment, your comment about racism being genetic, is is really biblical. Mm-hmm. If you think about like generational sin, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, and yeah. that like gen, like sin literally passes through our genes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's that same kind of idea, right, right, right. No, that's it. Yeah, um, uh, I, I would have to piggyback with Sam and say, yeah, honestly, uh, race is a a social idea more than it is an actual thing. If I'm not mistaken, I think uh, slavery outdates race, like global slavery outdates race. And I, and I think what we are seeing now is the res, as, I don't want to say a result of, of of sin, but America has built was built on this sin of like race, race culture. Um, and so I think the and I think we we can we can look at that and just the founding of America and so our constitution, like a, a land of liberty for all, right? But but does all include the same people you were enslaving? And with with that, uh, and, and like and, and these systems were built upon like white like whiteness being the dominance. And these rules were made for whiteness to be like the the forefront. So I mean yeah, I mean it, it's it's definitely uh, a sin that's been passed on for generations, and again, that's a culture mm-hmm. that has been like deep and heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, at this point, I, I think what we're seeing um, is that I think the church in general has to be uh, talking about this. The church has to be in the forefront of this and can't be afraid of the conversation, because first of all, it is sin. So that's that's our goal to speak against that. And I think it was you and I that was talking about the other day when we said. Uh, you can't be a Christian and, and not be of so, social justice, right? Now, it's Luke 4, if I'm not mistaken. He come to give good news to the poor, uh, uh, sight to the blind men. Um, uh, free the captives. Free, free the captives. There we go. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying. So, yep. so and, and, like, is that not our duty for for other other Christians to, well, we as a Christian, like, that's our duty to the world. It's to, it's to expose those truths 
so that the blind can see, right? So yeah. that liberty can be for all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and this idea of race, it just is, for a Christian, I don't believe it, it shouldn't exist. Um, but, and a part that bothers me more, I think it bothers me, but just to think about, and we can talk about this too, is that even through all this, America's, uh, like the, the groundwork in this was all in the name of God. Like the Bible was the, the bargaining and reasoning tool and justified yep. a lot of this country's like actions. And that's the, I think that's the root. Like was, was that, like where did that ideology come from? And it's, yeah, it's, it's heavy. And just, oh, well, I was going to say, I think one of the big things that I'm realizing in these conversations is Yes, is there outright blatant racism in our world? Absolutely, right? There are people that are clearly racist at heart. Mm -hmm. But there's also a lot of people that aren't quote-unquote racist, but they fail to see how systemic the racism is. Mm -hmm. So like Mark and I were having a conversation the other day about white privilege. Mm -hmm. And like I I, I don't think I'm a racist, right? But I... Up until this point, I don't think I had really come to the realization of what the the kind of privilege that I have Mm -hmm. in being a white man. And again, that's not something that I think I'm guilty of, right? That I'm like, I can't help that God created me, my skin color. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if we're going to be about loving people and caring for people, we have to recognize who we are. There's a Mm -hmm. self there's a self-awareness that we have to come to this whole thing with and recognize like this is who I am this is how I've been created but because of the the systemic racism that we have Mm -hmm. I've got to do something say something be aware of some things of who I am Mm -hmm. because the, the second component of that of dialogue is actually to do something sure all right yep so dialogue demonstration Right. And so we can't we got to continue to have the dialogue, but at some point we've got to come to the point that we start the demonstration. Mm-hmm. Our, so in, you know in race too, there is this one word um, that really identifies with race and racism, and that's the word power. The reason that African Americans, although some say it, and some might disagree with me, but African Americans can't be racist because we are not tied to that power. Mm-hmm. I don't have that power such as you would have. Prime example, <clears throat> if we, we know if we got stopped at the same time in the same area by two different officers, we're gonna be treated differently. Sure. You might have access to some things that I don't have. Frederick Douglass says this about the emancipation of African-Americans, he said, they were given freedom and famine at the same time. Because although they were free, Mm. they were free to the winds of heaven. They were free to starvation because they didn't have power. They didn't have access to it. And so when we talk about racism, it goes a lot deeper than I'm black and you're white. It is the power structure that you have access to, that I may not have access to. Bank loans, 
-hmm. education, mm -hmm. yep. judicial system, all that is attached to power. Yep. And so dialogue goes back to dialogue and demonstration. So how mm -hmm. can we, how can you get the equality of power? This march, mm -hmm. protest, it's not just about Flo uh, Brother Floyd, right. but it's about the statement is, I want access to mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. If that makes if that if that no makes it, sense. it makes sense um, that makes perfect sense and there's a the the issue with that pat well you guys tell me like power is not the issue the issue is the fact that power is attached to skin color it's the access yes it's a, the or rather the, yeah, the lack of access the lack really of access. right that the fact that you guys have lack of access to the power because you have darker skin than I do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think one of the things we talked about this today in our in our team in our team time of prayer that also speaks to the the spiritual piece to this, right? Cuz there's one sense in which Jesus has to change hearts. Mm -hmm. Like only Jesus can change a heart that moves somebody from racist to non-racist. Right. But we also have to recognize the spiritual component to systemic racism, right? Mm -hmm. I, this, I, I kind of quoted it this morning, um, but Colossians 2 talks about that systemic work. It's, Paul writes this, he says, let me see where I want to start. Um, I'll start in verse 9. For in him, he's talking about Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. That's important, the head of all rule and authority. Mm -hmm. Meaning that even Jesus is over Satan, over the demonic powers. Um, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him and in baptism in which you were raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh God made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses all of that kind of personal right what Christ has done for us mm -hmm. but then he says by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands this he set aside nailing it to the cross he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him and I, so I think part of this discussion is also recognizing that, and you talked about it earlier, the being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it's not just, it's not just working to change people's hearts to help them see that racism is evil, but it's also using the empowerment we have as Christians, in the power of the Spirit, to also recognize that the systems have to change because mm -hmm. some of the systems in and of themselves are purely evil. Mm -hmm. right. And and mm -hmm. literally, I mean, the Bible says this, Satan is mm -hmm. like powering right. those systems. Mm -hmm. Just like Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, mm -hmm. but we against principalities and the rulers of darkness and spiritual and the high places. Yep. So it is a spiritual thing that controls I say that, that uh, I did, I had the opportunity to preach a sermon and I preached a sermon from uh, Luke 8. Uh, when Jesus goes to the uh, tomb, he goes to the region of the Gerasenes and he mm -hmm. frees the demon-possessed man, right? Yep. Um, entitled that, Underlining Conditions. Hmm. There are some things that we just can't see. 
right? Sure. And there are some things that we have to fight, but we're fighting an invisible enemy. COVID-19 was an invisible enemy, and so is racism an yep. invisible enemy, right? And so with that, we have to go in there because we have to understand who is fueling and who's financing this. Mm -hmm. It is an evil, demonic, corrupt spirit in high places. And what, and I think this is what we need for African Americans and our white brothers and our Asian brothers and all people. People that have that access to power. The, 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 the doing something, the, the, the motion in action is that you speak to it. Sure. That you say something about it. That you preach about it. And that we don't just say, you know, love and love we love, but then love can be absent of justice. Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to have that, that conversation, you, you, we've got to com uh, combat that by those that have it, speaking. Using the platforms to expose the invisible enemy. Yep. Just like in Paul is saying, yep. it's like in Ephesians. Use the platform that God has given us. Um, Last night, I was reading something um, in a book, and the preacher said this. He says, don't waste the Holy Ghost. I said, what do you mean? How do you waste the Holy Ghost? Don't waste the power yep. that's on the inside of you. Just by having a good sermon or just by having a good time, but God, oh my God, God, has given us mm -hmm. power to speak truth to power, to speak to those spiritual weakness in high places. If we don't speak against it, if we don't demonstrate against it, we're wasting it. Then we're wasting it. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this follow-up question to to the like the what is race question. So race is a construct, right? It was created. But at the same time, we now need to recognize it, mm -hmm. right? So, like, the whole, like, all the memes, like, getting to, like, why say black lives matter and not say all lives matter, or why say all lives matter and not black lives matter, or say the, the statement, like, I don't see color, mm -hmm. right? So race is this construct that we recognize is wrong, but at the same time, now we're at a place where we've got to talk about it. We've got to address it. So how do you guys, like, help, help us think through that as, as non-African Americans, non-black people of race is this evil construct, but at the same time, now it's a thing, now we've got to talk about it. Does that make sense? I think, I think so. Um, so, Sam, uh, uh, before you came, I was reading something on... Um, the Racial Equity Institute. Um, I was in a training session with them uh, at NOCA um, last August. It was three really intense days talking about race, mm -hmm. its history, where we are right now, and how it affects um, our daily lives. And so uh, I don't want to misquote this. I'm going to paraphrase as much as I can. But it was something called the, uh, uh, the groundwater effect, right? So imagine if I walked outside my house and, I, and there was a pond and I see a dead fish but all the other fish are swimming, I would think, okay, well, something's wrong with that one fish, right? But let's say in this pond, I walked, I looked to the side, in this pond, half the fish were dead. And I would probably think, hmm, something wrong with the water, probably. 
And then if I saw like five other ponds where literally all five ponds, more than half the fish were dead, then I might be like, hmm, now what's the problem here? So naturally someone might think, well, let me get the, the fish who are living and let me take them out and let me put them in another body of water. But all it's going to do is probably contaminate the uh, other fish who, who were okay, right? So it's not really the uh, it's not really the surface of the water. It's what's underneath it. And we might think, well, these these five ponds can't be related because they all are separate and they're they're visually like separate. But most freshwater is connected underground with with groundwater, and that's how they're fueled. So I think the 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 ultimate solution is to really, I think it's more so like self-reflection and see where you are as a person. Like, like, let, like, let's really get to that root of like what it is that's going on. Like, like, like what's the groundwater? Because how can, in all these different areas of life, a certain demographic of people are the ones that's dying? Hmm. Like, let, let, like, let that sink in. Like, I have all these bodies of water, education, healthcare, legal system, and this, and in all areas, Certain people are the only ones suffering. That is a that is a question that if if and I'll just to be transparent, if I were white, I would think to myself, why is it that in all these different areas of life, one particular person is suffering? I was um, uh, early this week. I I was watching a video of the little girl Haley. I don't know if you all saw it. She was going back and forth with her mom and dad about race relations and like Black Lives Matter, all that stuff. And while I'm an advocate for Haley, I'm like, I'm glad that, like, as a little girl, you see how important this issue is. And not only that, you're trying to have the conversation with your parents in the house. And, and like, it got heated with them. But I think the part that that I think I would have liked to see was Haley was like, if Haley would have said at one point, hold up, who are we to talk about whether someone should be living or not? Like, mm-hmm. what is it about me that that's have has me in my house to say, and, and I'm, I'm quoting her dad that black people are animals, and 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 they're dirty and like they want to live that way. So what did it? How how privileged am I to have this conversation in my house about whether someone deserves to live or have, or like needs met, or desire to like 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 who am I? And I think that's a real more deep reflection. I think the more that people like really reflect on that truth. Like who am I that I have everything? And if I look around the world, certain people are the only other ones who don't. I have access to this, I have access to healthcare. And if I go to the doctor for the same exact reason, one person goes to the doctor, I'm more than likely will have a higher outcome because my insurance is a, a little better and I can afford it. Like those are the questions I would that I would think I would actually encourage uh, my fellow white Americans, brothers, sisters, whatever, to really like dwell on that question and see, actually, really see the disparities. Like, become aware of these disparities. Like, it's it's not just it's more than a black and white thing as we talked about. But I think really dwelling on that question, like, who am I to have all this excess? Who am I to have to to, to talk about whether someone should live? Or, or, or rather, right to live, or have, or be, um, and I think that might be like a start. Like, what makes me stand out so much that at, uh, that I'm dwelling and I'm great while other people are suffering? Mm-hmm. This is my two cents. Mm-hmm. 
Well, <clears throat> um, I, I had a privilege to watch your video, that, and you talked about uh, that we're all made in the image of God. Uh, the Imago Dei, found in Genesis um, chapter 1 and 2. And I, I said that to say this, that racism uh, is both a detriment to black folk, white folk, Asian folk, all people. Because if we're going to really see the true power of God, we know that the true power of God comes through being connected, comes through oneness. Yeah. And so when you have constructs like racism, social constructs like racism, that divides and tear us apart, my question is, will we ever really see the true manifested presence of God? Well, that's good. I mean, th that's related to, like, I mean, even Revelation, right? right. Going mm -hmm. back from getting to the garden, to the city, and recognizing all nations, all tribes, all tongues are there, right, mm -hmm. at the throne. Right. Um, yeah. So I guess my question would be, what can we do? What can you do to better um, to speak to this unequity, uh, inequality to power? And to resources, what 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 is it that Vintage would do? Yeah, what can Vintage say? That that would be my question. Yeah, I, and I honestly I think part of what you said is true. Like speaking to it, um, I'm I'm processing and wrapping, and I don't have an answer totally for you. Like, what does that look like, big picture for us as a as an entire church? Right? Like, how do we? outside of like speaking against racism how do we what do we do tangibly that we can immediately speak not just speak but do something against racism i think the other thing for me we talked about this again today i want to encourage and empower our people more to live out the vocation that god has called them to at the same time because I think one of the things I think about if we have policymakers in our church mm -hmm. if we have government officials if we have lawyers if we have judges if we have educators in one sense part of what they're doing is they're taking they're living out that calling God has called them to in their Christian faith and they have a unique responsibility that some of us don't have mm -hmm because they're able to actually fight for uh, change at that systematic level. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I do think that's one of the things that we have to empower our people or even mm -hmm. think about our college students or even high schoolers, yeah. right? What do you wanna do with the rest of your life? Consider making lasting change by going into not easy fields, but going into difficult fields where, as a Christian, you have the ability to demonstrate what the love of God really looks like mm -hmm. by fighting systemic racism. Mm -hmm. That's something that I immediately, like, I want to talk more about because I think that's, that's going to be difficult to see in, like, generation one, right? Mm -hmm. 
but get to generation two, three, four, That's five, right, exactly. you're going to see those kinds of changes. It is what we do now that is going to empower the, the younger generation yeah. that's coming behind. Because honestly, we might not get a chance to see that change. True. Okay? Because again, we're talking about systemic racism, which is a culture mm -hmm. that's embedded into the fiber. 400 years of, America. of history. Yeah. Right. It's deep. Four, it's, it's deep. It's deep. You know, and you said it about looking below the surface. Mm -hmm. The glacier is always bigger. Always. Yeah, below the surface. So yes, it's, it's these conversations, it's this dialogue, it is the demonstrations that we have to start talking to the next generation. Okay, you wanna get into education, why? Present the need, because that's what Jesus did. Jesus presented the need and he met the need. Hmm. Why you wanna be a doctor? Mm -hmm. Why do you wanna be a lawyer? Yep. You are gonna, when you're accepting those vocations, yep. How do you live out the love, and I like to add on, and justice mm -hmm. of Christianity? Yep. What is your revelation? What is your word? And how does that word become work? Yep. And it's tied to, it's partially tied to what Mark said, because one of the things that Mark said that struck me is like getting to know yourself, or I mean, the simple way is like self-awareness, mm -hmm. right? When you're self-aware, at the fact of who you are and whether you're racist or not. But it's also like thinking about, yeah, most people pick an occupation based on what? Money. What? How much money they're gonna make, <laughs> yeah. right? Money. I mean, I didn't. I tell my wife that all the time. Like, don't forget you married a pastor, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> but like, if I wanna be a doctor or I wanna be a lawyer, I'm thinking I'm making six figures at some point, right? I right. mean, and, and again, all that goes back to what, power, you know, access, but if you begin to think about these generations making the, these decisions, this goes to the self-awareness thing. Mm -hmm. It's not about me, again, money's not bad, those things are not inherently evil, but you're making the decisions not because you wanna make money, mm -hmm. but because you want to figure out a way to genuinely love people, which includes justice, mm -hmm. and I think I, I think about that, that's so important. But we've also, just as for many of us, we're swimming against the, uh, the, the um, current of culture by talking out against racism. At the same time, we've got to recognize when we do that, we're swimming against the current oh, yeah. in, in, in that too. Like, listen, don't pick your occupation because you want power or money or prestige. Uh, pick your occupation so you can use those things to benefit people and love people. And it really does kind of come back full circle that none of this is about us. Right. Like if we, if we actually move the conversation to caring about other people, caring about one another, whether they're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, then I feel like our, our culture, our world, things would be totally different yeah. from the way they are. I agree. Anything that, before we close, that you guys would add comments, anything we haven't talked about that you think for this conversation we need to? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> We'll be here another hour. All right, all right. I'm going to say, we're going to have more conversations. We'll be here for a while. 
So, but I, I think the, this having this initial dialogue, it was very, very important, very much needed. And you said something um, that me and Mark talk about developing politicians, leaders, mm -hmm. lawyers, what have you, to to create the change that is needed. Yep. And so now it has to be generationally because we know what the problem is. Yep. And we can sit around the table and discuss and talk about the problem, beat the dead horse, right? But now is to become solution-based right. and solution-oriented. What can we've identified the problem, we've identified the cancer, we've identified the sickness. So now what do we do Except. to to change it? What can we do to heal it? Yep. And that's I think that's where we are now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I pray for us? Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And uh, God, I thank you for these men. I thank you for Mark and Sam. Um, God, I thank you that they're just they're even willing to sit down and have a conversation with a white brother. Um, I'm thankful, Father, that um, I, that I can call them friends. That uh, there's care, there's love, there's honesty. At the same time, God, there's this reality that um, we're in in having these conversations. God, we're trying to learn one another. Um, but we trust one another's hearts, and we know that we're ultimately fighting for the same thing. And so, God, I, I pray that for our church. I pray that for Vintage. I pray that for Sam's church. I pray that for the churches that are in the greater New Orleans area, in our community, in our state, in our country. And, God, I pray for our country. I pray for our world, Father. Um, as we've talked, the, the sin of racism is deep. Uh, it is deep culturally, it is deep genetically, it is deep. And so, God, it, it's going to take uh, you working in and through us, God, the gift of your Holy Spirit, um, to empower us in every conceivable way to defeat this sin, to defeat this sin in our own lives, but at the same time to defeat this sin in all of the systems that are operating in our world, Father. And so, God, we just pray for that. We pray, God, that you would empower us. God, we pray that we would be obedient to you uh, and we would do what you tell us to do, God, and um, that we would see your faithfulness um, to begin to remove the sin of racism from our world. And so we love you and we thank you ultimately for the gift of your son, Jesus, who makes all of this possible. And we ask all this in his name. Amen. Amen. Amen.